So I was at a youth retreat recently, and there were some, there were two uh, girls there who were causing a lot of trouble. They were very headstrong, uh, unruly, uh, opinionated, uh, didn't like to come to some events at all, would come to other events late, uh, wanted to have their phones, despite the fact that it was more or less a, a no-phone retreat. Um, they wanted to live, they wanted to do their own thing. They wanted to live their own uh, lifestyle, if you will, live their own rhythm, their own program, uh, despite the fact that they're at a retreat. Now, this was <clears throat> caused a bit of attention then amongst some of the leaders, because some of the leaders were saying, all that's important is that they're here and that they're in front of Jesus. And if they come to, to Mass, if they come to adoration, uh, the grace of those moments will touch their hearts. The important thing is just that, that, they, that, that we keep them here and allow that, facilitate that, that, that touching of their hearts by the grace of God. Others said, yes, but if their presence, if their uh, unruliness starts to affect other people and other leaders and if it starts to kind of drop the standard for everyone, well then, just a chance that their presence actually gets in the way of grace of others. You know, it can be, it can be a problem. It can be a huge distraction. So there was a bit of questioning there amongst the, the, the leaders as to, as to what to do. And I, mean, I understand both sides. I think it is sometimes miraculous what happens when people are simply in the presence of Jesus. They just put them in front of the Blessed Sacrament and <clears throat> many miracles have happened and do happen and even... The testimonies of some very young people here. They went along to a retreat or a pilgrimage, and it was just that moment that they received the blessing, that moment when they were in adoration, that moment when they went in and uh, during Mass the Lord touched their hearts. So many wonderful things happen in those, in those moments. But there is validity also to the fact that we have to do our bit. I have to do my part. Uh, I think teachers see this all the time with students. With students, you can often tell in first year, which students are going to excel and who's going to struggle. You can often tell in primary school which students are going to excel academically and who, who's going to struggle. Uh, and you can almost, you can almost see the, the trajectory of, of their lives. Like if, if they can learn to work, if they can learn to just commit to anything, even sport or, or academics or anything, but just commit to something, learn to, to put in a bit of effort, you'll see how you'll get something in return. But if, if we want to coast through life expecting everything to land on our plates, everything to be given to us for free, there's a great danger that we'll end up achieving nothing and blaming the world. When I think of Sodom and Gomorrah, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in today's reading, it's a, it's a very serious reading. Unfortunately, uh, to our 21st century ears, uh, this reading is often softened uh, to give the impression that Sodom and Gomorrah were, were destroyed because they weren't welcoming. They weren't welcoming to uh, Lot and his family. Um, the problem is they were maybe a little too welcoming. Uh, they were uh, hoping to engage in all sorts of sexual activity with them. So welcome wasn't the problem. The problem was that these cities were, were gravely immoral. Gravely immoral. Now I just imagine this from, like, from God's perspective where he sees these people that he has created, these people who have an immortal soul, these people who, who are capable of great good and capable of love and capable of loving God, capable of knowing him, and yet they, they choose to use their freedom just for the pursuit of pleasure. We won't go into the, 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 the details, like, but I mean, it's fairly base stuff, it's fairly base actions that they're considering.
and homosexual actions amongst it. So, like, this is not, this is not God's plan. This is not God's, this is not God's will. And there comes a point, now God can do this weekend, but there comes a point when God says, just enough, enough, enough. If this continues, the next generation is going to be worse. Next generation after that, and the generation after that, and the generation after that. This, this can't continue. We, we have to call it here. Like, the point is, like, we are ultimately responsible for our actions. And that's a very, a very sobering thought. Uh, I heard a talk from a priest there recently who was, he, he had, this particular person had, had serious problems with the church because, uh, the Catholic church that is, uh, he said like, why, why, why would the church have all these rules and make things so difficult for people? And he said, like, for example, you know, the whole uh, divorce thing, I mean, you know, why would the church be so uh, closed or lack so much compassion? And well, the priest said, well, what if, if I could show you... Oh, sorry, the, the man continued. Like, wh- wh- when did Jesus ever talk about divorce? And then the priest responded, well, if I could show you where Jesus spoke about divorce, would that change your mind? And he said, uh, I suppose, maybe, yeah. So he opens the Bible and shows him the, the verse where Jesus says, if a man divorces his wife and takes another, he's guilty of adultery. So the man went, oh, okay, that's interesting, and he, he went off and looked it up and looked up, found, it all, found all sorts of commentaries uh, which deduced that Jesus didn't actually mean that. That's what he said. But that's not what he meant. What he meant was, and then he came back to the priest and said, look, see, uh, all these commentators, now biblical com- scholars have said this, that, and the other, that that's not what Jesus meant. And the priest couldn't help but remain a bit saddened. Do we want to know what God wants? Do we want to do what he wants? Or do we simply want our own will and force God's will around it and, and, and bend God's will and bend God's word around what we want? Because then we end up in a situation like, like teachers in a school where you can see students, because of their, of, of their decisions, you can see that they're going, to have, they're going to have a hard time. And you can see the train wreck coming. And there's not a lot you can do about it. And God sees that our actions are going to, can lead, could possibly lead to destruction and wants to prevent that. Wants to, to redirect us, wants to heal us, wants to, to put people, retreats, circumstances, pilgrimages in our path that can, that can call us back, that can wake us up. And he does that, he does that. But do we recognize all those opportunities? Do we avail of them? Because eventually the time comes when our, our time here on earth is it's over. And we don't get a second shot. Like We, we have these opportunities and they are lim- limited in number because time passes. And eventually things won't end for us as dramatically as Sodom and Gomorrah. But eventually each one of us yeah, will have to leave. So our lives are, are quite serious. The consequences of our actions are quite serious. We're called to put God in the first place. And I think the, the easiest way to recognize how or what we, put, what we put in the first place is by how much time we put into it. Where, some say where, where your heart is there is your treasure also. Or where your treasure is there is your heart also. But I think where you put your time tells you where where your heart is. 
So we ask the Lord today to help us to recognise the opportunities of today, the opportunities to grow in, our, in relationship with him, the opportunities to grow in prayer, the opportunity to come to know his heart more deeply. We ask him for the grace to recognise the witness that we can be, the opportunities we have to be a witness to others around us, to disciple others, to pray for others, to be a witness to others. We ask the Lord today to give us a sense of urgency in, in being his hands, his feet, and his consoling word. May the Lord bless each one of us that we might use our time for his greater glory. Amen.